I'm reading uh, Acts chapter 26, verses 12 to 29. So uh, Paul is addressing King Agrippa. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, uh, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen of me and what I will show you. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I'm sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place amongst those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea and to the Gentiles. Also, I preached that they should repent and turn to God and prove their repentance by their deeds. That is why the Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But I have had God's help to this very day, and so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Christ would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would proclaim light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defence. You're out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I'm not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, Short time or long, I pray God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. Thank you, Spirit of the living God. As we reflect on your word, we pray that you will speak to our hearts. You know the journey we find ourselves as individuals, and you know our journey. Speak. It is my prayer that, Lord, the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable unto you, Lord Jesus. Amen. I believe one of the things that God created us for as people of God is to be a blessing to whoever comes on our way. The very intention of God's creation 
and the purpose of which God created all of us, I suggest, is for us to be a blessing. And this blessing is not just an ordinary blessing, but an opportunity and a privilege to be in the presence of God and to have a fellowship with one another. And for the past weeks, as we've started this series, one of the things that we've all learned is how we can share our testimony in five seconds. So I came up with a diagram, which I was wondering if someone can just pop up here and share five seconds testimony using this diagram. Um, I wasn't here the day that the man was teaching us, but um, so I'll have to look up here, sorry. Yeah. Um, But there was a time in my life that I had no hope for living. I'd had some really bad circumstances in my life, and I wasn't living as a Christian. I'd met Jesus as a child. I'm not doing the five-second thing, am I? Um, But anyway, there was a time in my life that I had lost all hope for living, and then Jesus came into my life and found me, and the first gift he gave me was hope. He's given me many gifts since then, but the first one he gave me was hope for living. I've discovered that there is no life anywhere without Jesus. He is the source of life. Thank you very much. (laughs) One of the things I believe we find it difficult in our Christian journey is sharing our faith, of which I believe it shouldn't have been, but it's very difficult for us at times to reflect and share our testimony, especially when we have someone who really somehow knows our past, who are very conversant of our mistakes and past records. So it's very, very intimidating, in my opinion, at times, when we are sharing our testimony. But as I started, this is the very reason why God created us. He created us to be a blessing to one another. And we are all different in a way that God has called us. We were all called differently And each one of us have a different, distinct ministry that God has called us to. In sharing our testimony, one of the things that I believe we have to be praying for is to pray for boldness and wisdom. The Bible says in Luke chapter 12, verse 12, that For that time, the Holy Spirit will teach you what you should say. It is not about what we can say. It's what the Spirit of God required from us to share in a certain point within our relationship. So for us to be able to share our testimony, 
God is requiring from us to pray. And prayer has been a very difficult thing for us at times, looking at the busy schedules that we have. In our reading this morning, we saw Paul put forward in the presence of two rulers, Agrippa II and Festus. Just to give you a bit of information about the kind of authority that Paul was brought forward to. Agrippa II, the grandfather of, great-grandfather of Agrippa, was the very herald who crucified, like, during Jesus' time, was the very person who killed all the children in the nativity scene, as we, we heard, when Jesus was born. The children were all killed in the vicinity of Bethlehem because he was afraid of the ruler who has been prophesied coming. And this Agrippa's grand uncle was the person who killed John the Baptist. And his own father is this person who killed James and imprisoned Peter. And if you read at chapter 12, in Caesarea, he claimed himself as God and was killed. This is the nature of authority where Paul was invited to address. And I like the way Agrippa invited Paul. We invite you here to give your own defense. Address this court. What do you have to say? And this move to our next point. Paul listened to this authority. He listened to the authority and he connected himself to these people. Agrippa was someone who was very, very curious. And the intention of inviting Paul was to just to set him up, listen to him. Because Agrippa, Festus, was the one who was supposed to be listening to Paul. But he invited Agrippa to come as well. So that in their presence, they will find and set up whether they have to persecute or do anything, whatever they have their mind to Paul. But Paul addressed these people. He was ready, he listened to them, and he was ready physically, spiritually, and mentally. He presented himself in the presence of them. And as Paul shares his testimony, they were all silent. And in reflecting on this, I saw Paul as someone who was listening. I saw Paul as someone who was willing to connect. And I saw Paul as someone who was willing to listen to the voice of God. Why am I saying this? He listened intentionally 
when they were addressing the whole crowd, Paul was just silent. And I'm not sure how often do we listen to people. Sometimes, in my personal journey, because we do have a lot of things we want people to listen to, we don't really pay attention to listening to what others say. And that is why I believe it's very necessary for us as people of God to listen and know when we can connect. It's not about the testimony that we have. It's not about what's upon our heart that we want to share. It's what at that particular space in time God is requiring us to say. And this required a skill of listening. And Paul began his testimony. And this moved to our next point. Paul genuinely shared her testimony. He was very genuine to his testimony. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to say who I am. I'm going to share my past. I'm going to share things that I have been through. I just want to encourage one another. Don't belittle the impact of the testimony that the Holy Spirit leads you to share. Paul share his shame. When it comes to the law, I belong to the strictest of all the laws, all the groups. I, mean, I have been a Pharisee, and I, I'm still a Pharisee. I see myself as a Pharisee. I'm a Jew. That is my identity. And I, as I reminisce over this, it just dawned on me that Sometimes we try to make our testimony sound so much, I don't know the word that I should use, for people to feel convinced to come. And therefore, we tend to add some fleshes to it, of which sometimes the Holy Spirit might not really intend in us to be saying. And Paul just came up. This is what I am. I am not saying anything beyond in verse 22. Agrippa, what I'm saying is nothing beyond than what you guys know. This is what the prophet Moses said. And if you read Deuteronomy 18, verse 18, I will raise for you my prophet like you among the Israelites. And he will put a word in your mouth. And I will tell him everything that I commanded him. Therefore, Paul was just bearing testimony to these things. And that is what I think God really wants us to be doing. Whatever testimony, whatever experiences, whatever things that you have been through, that is what God really wants you to share. How? What is your encounter? What is your past experience with God? How genuine have you been genuine in your Christian life? 
God is not requiring you to think or to do or to say things that you have not been true. God wants to share, want you to share yourself. And during this sharing, I just was reflecting on this as well. Paul was not doing anything by just sharing his life before. Brethren, I was an opposition to all the Christians. I just want you, Agrippa, to know that I put many Christians to death and I cast my vote against them. And Paul saying he casted his vote against them bring into memory that he was present during the time when Stephen was stoned to death. And Paul was part of those who conspire to kill Stephen. And here Paul is in the presence of authority, not ashamed of that, sharing in the presence of this authority that this group of people that now I feel myself identify with, a time, the time went ago, I was part of those who were persecuting them. But something significant happened in my life that I feel myself pretty much more associated with this group that I can't resist. He was not afraid to share the regrets and all the bad experiences that he went through. What is your life before you became a Christian? And what kind of things were you doing before? And Paul felt he was commissioned, genuinely commissioned for this gospel to bear testimony of the risen Christ. So for him, all what he was doing is to be a testimony. Wherever Paul went, it's all about Jesus. Wherever Paul went, it's all about Jesus. It's all about the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to share with you. I saw a light. This light was something I can't, I can't even comprehend. And this is a testimony. I can't hide it. This is what I've been commissioned to do, to tell the truth, the truth of my experience with this living God, the truth of my experience with our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what I'm testifying in front of you. And I invite you to also share your encounter with Jesus. How it happened. And I like the way Paul was very, 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 very strong to share. Because he said the spirit, what he saw was so, so much impressive that he can't even resist it. That he said, so, so, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord, that you say I'm persecuting you? And it's implying that whenever we go through persecution, it is not us, but Jesus sees, and Jesus is in the journey with us. And Jesus knows what we are going through. And whichever journey we find ourselves, whenever we are testifying, whenever we are testifying about our faith, and we go through persecution, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? 
And for our reference, it wasn't Jesus, it was the followers of Jesus. So if by implication Jesus is revealing to Saul that you are persecuting me, then implying the implication is that whenever the followers of Jesus Christ testify, the power of God goes with them. And he was commissioned to go. And I like the way Paul described it. That Jesus spoke to him, saying that I'm sending you to the Jews and Gentiles to open their eyes. Those whose eyes will be opened, I will grant them forgiveness of sin. And those who will decide to come, I may accept them. And the use of the word may gives another flavor to our testimony. Because if Jesus is saying that those who come, I'm going to accept them. It means that's a conditional, I believe, that whenever we share, our duty is to share. By the decision for whoever we share our testimony to, to change or to come into the folks belongs to God. Our duty is to just to share, be obedient to the Spirit. Because according to what Paul said to Festus and Agrippa II, I'm being obedient to my call, my commission. This is what I've been commissioned to do. And we are reflecting on how we can share our own journey as people of God. Those who come to me, who may come to me, I will grant them forgiveness of sin. It gives another flavor. That is not what we have to share for people to just change. That we are going out as a world changes. That we go out expecting that everyone that we share our testimony to, the person has to change. If the person doesn't, then we begin to ask questions of, what am I doing here? No. Jesus said, those who will come to me, I will give and forgive them. So, beloved in the Lord, this is a testimony for us. Paul continued to share this testimony to Festus and Agrippa. And he see himself that he has been commissioned as a ambassador of the gospel, sharing his faith. And I like the way when he was sharing his faith, what really happened. Because at a point in time when he was sharing his faith with these people, there was questions that people, these people asked him. And I just want us to reflect on this. He being a messenger of the gospel. And he being interrupted by Agrippa. Agrippa said, Paul, Paul, within this short time, are you expecting me to also become a Christian? Festus also said, you are out of your mind, Paul. Your great learning is driving you insane. And I was just reflecting on this, 
And there is this theologian, F.F. Bruce, who believed that he just said, in short, what he was saying was that, you are trying to make me act like a Christian. And I think this is very, very, because when I was going through our script, even the reprofet writer seems to suggest that Paul didn't make any impact because no one really came to faith at that time. But I was just reflecting on this Agrippa's words. Do you think in this short time you want to persuade me to become a Christian? So I was just looking at the Greek translation of that to see what actually that means. And in Greek, it says... And oligo me pentes Christonion pense, meaning that in so little, me too. I mean, the translation is grammatically not really in our, just a direct um, translation of that. In so little, me too. Do you persuade Christian to become? And this is very significant as I read through that, that Paul was just sharing his testimony. He didn't even tell them that I want you to become a Christian. But here you are, Agrippa was able to articulate for himself that what Paul was sharing, even though he was sharing in defense of himself, he was sharing his testimony, but Agrippa was able to, to, to kind of have a feel that this is what actually Paul was communicating. Paul wants me to become a Christian. And some commentary that I read seems to suggest that this is just a sarcastic statement. But I don't see it to be sarcastic. I think he was articulating this, saying that, "Mm, I know you are saying something which is sensible, but at this particular point in time, give me time to reflect on that. I know what you are sharing seems to be very, very, very... There is a power because I like the way Festus says, your great learning is making you insane. So there is that recognition that Paul is a learned person. So under normal circumstance, a learned person wouldn't just imagine to say something. So Agrippa saying this presupposes that whatever Paul was sharing as a testimony was backed by the Spirit of God. And Agrippa can articulate that. And I just want to encourage one another that we need to keep moving. We need to keep moving. We need to keep sharing. For Paul, he said, I am not being disobedient to the vision from the heaven. He saw the vision from the heaven. And this is the vision that I saw. I have commissioned you to be my, my person that I have empowered to share my testimony. So he was just being obedient to the vision of God. I may just want to ask you, what is your vision? What vision God has placed upon your heart as a person and as a people of God? What God has placed upon your heart why are you sitting here? 
What is your mission here? And I believe God has called us for a purpose. And I like an illustration that the book gave was an illustration that simplifies Paul's call and they term it the key to Christianity, which I really want to share with you. And this was a story they were sharing that our Lord Jesus Christ who was with the Father and his relationship with the Father was a perfect relationship. And this relationship with the Father is was a place of honor. But for us, they believe that because of our disobedience, Uh, we don't. We are without God. We are without God, and because we are without God, we are in imperfect relationship. And this imperfect relationship we are is a place of shame. And because of our disobedience to what God said, we were kind of under punishment. But what Paul was sharing is in relation of that. But something happened that Jesus decided to come down to us. to take a place of dishonor. We say a place of shame to be punished. So that through his death and resurrection, he went back to the Father. And when Jesus went back to the Father, through this act of resurrection and through this salvation story, we can now be connected to God again. Pardon me for my drawing. And now we have been restored back to a place of honor. And we are no more under this punishment because of the cross. And this was what actually Paul was articulating. I was once here, 
I knew nothing. I was persecuting people. But Jesus came in to intercede for me. And through Jesus' resurrection and intervention, I too can be connected to God again. And this is my story. And this is the summary of everything else that we are doing as people of God. We are not doing anything. We were once here. We were once without God. We were once without Jesus. And Jesus came into our life, saved us, called us children of God. We are now part of Jesus' covenant. We are now being instated again. Now we don't have to be here without God. We jump over here with God. Where do you find yourself? I know we are all at the side. We are all on this path. We are no more under imperfect relationship. We are no more ashamed. We are no more under punishment because Jesus took the dishonor to come down to be punished for our sake. And this is the story I want us to reflect on. In sharing our testimony, anything aside of this, I believe, is out of context. It's all about the salvation. How do you see, receive Jesus Christ? When? What happened in your life? This is what God wants you to share. And I challenge you to see yourself here and to think where you are and to reflect on your own story. What testimony are you going to share? Is it about things that are not connected to this? If it is, I would like to conclude saying that in sharing our testimony, we are encouraged to pray for boldness, to listen and discern to connect, genuinely share who you are, trust in God for the impact, and move towards your call. What is your call? Shall we pray? Thank you, Jesus, for today, and thank you for your leading, and we pray that you will grant us your mercy, that as we reflect on who we are, we can share our testimony genuinely. In Jesus' name, amen.